Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. PHNX Suns post-game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review. Unfortunately, the Phoenix Suns fell to the New Orleans Pelicans tonight, 118-103, to and the series is now tied up 2-2, two to two, and we're in the dive bar, and I'm not happy about it. How are you guys feeling? Go ahead, Espo. I don't even know where to go. That's the problem right now because the Phoenix Suns aren't playing like the Phoenix Suns. They play with no energy, no heart, no hustle. They got beat senseless in that fourth quarter. This is the worst nightmare right here. Um, I said from the very start I did not want to play the Pelicans. This is the reason why I didn't want to play the Pelicans because they're young. They have guys that are capable of taking games over. Brandon Ingram did a very good job of pacing them uh, in the first half and a little bit in the third quarter, and then everybody else picked up the slack. And it's almost, if you didn't know which team was which, you would think that the Pelicans were the number one seed the way they got inside the Suns' head this time um, in that second half. Uh, Very uncharacteristic. I'm just, uh, hey, it's a three-game series, man. And uh, this... (laughs) The Suns have their work cut out for them, for sure. Yeah, this is true. Like, listen, I know it's not over. However, I'm super disappointed because this is four games now, and even though it's tied 2-2, two to two, it's still four games now where I haven't seen the Suns play to what their standards of basketball is, and I think that hurts my feelings a little bit yeah. because it's like we've done this all season long, all season long, and then we get into the playoffs where it actually matters, and we just don't show up. In the way that I expect them to show up anyway. You know, it's so funny, though, and, and I, I know a lot of people are going to be talking about the refs, and we'll, be, and we'll get to that point, too. But if you look down the stretch of the season, uh, there was a lot of games where the Suns were completely outnumbered on the free throw line uh, one way versus another. Like, you can go back and look at the stats. So the fact that they were outnumbered tonight isn't really uh, as big a shock. I'm not as concerned about that as I am just their overall lack of execution in a variety of different spaces, which we'll get into here in a second. You know what I'm most concerned about? Monty Williams is getting outcoached by Willie Green in this series. Willie Green has the better of his mentor, and that should not be happening for a guy that has been coach of the year by his pe- named by his peers last year and we've stand for him to be the coach of the year overall this year he needs to be better as well all right well let's get into it guys you wanted to talk about these subjects and we've got even more of them to get into so let's start with some drinks because i think we could all use them yeah, let's what are we drinking bar. tonight we got an alvarado on the rocks because uh yeah this little pest I mean, he he made it rocky for Chris Paul all night long. He made it really tough for Chris Paul. 
Um, he was a nuisance. He was annoying. He was very Pat Bev-like, if you will. Um, I would even say that he was... He got away with a little bit more physicality than I think Pat Bev does, um, but he doesn't flop as much, I would say, but he's still an annoyance. He's an absolute annoyance, and he changed the tide in that third quarter just by being the pest that he is. Um, he, he got that eight-second call, which was just, again, Chris Paul should not have gotten into that kind of, he kind of got out psyched uh, for oh, a second yeah. there. You know what I mean? Like, and you just don't expect that to happen. You know what should have happened? DA or bring an Ish Wainwright or JaVale McGee. Somebody should have said a hard pick that knocked that guy in his ass at some point and gotten physical with him. It, I, that's the kind, this kind of annoyance needs to be met with a hard line stance from somebody on this team. And uh, they just got psyched out by him and let him get in their grill, let him get in their head, and they couldn't shake it. I mean, it just seemed like throughout this whole game there were moments that you could point to and be like, yeah, the Pelicans got them flustered. Mm -hmm. Or the Pelicans are making them play to their pace. Or the Pelicans are making the Suns play to their style of basketball. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that that is most surprising to me because all season long we have seen for the majority of time the Suns are the one who control those elements of the game. It's very rare that they allow a team to to lead them in a game, you know what I mean, and, and let the other team dictate how the game is played. And I think we've seen that at, at least points in time through all four of these games. The Suns lost their focus in, in one specific way. You got to control what you could control. And it seemed like from even the first half, the Suns were kind of a little haywirey. They seemed like they were playing a little uh, uncharacteristic. They were really worried about chirping at the Pelicans. And, and, it, and it seemed like for, for, for everybody that was on social and, and, and it seemed like that the Suns had gotten under the Pelicans' skin in game three, you wouldn't know it by this game at all because the Pelicans absolutely got under the Suns' skin and rattled them. That third quarter, I I haven't seen a third quarter like that from a Suns team in a very, very long time. I know they've been outscored in the third quarter. I'm talking about just their 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 nerves were like out of whack. They were all over the place. They were chippy. They were getting upset because the fouls weren't going their way. And then they were forcing up shots. Eddie Johnson was pointing it out uh, several times throughout the broadcast that the Suns weren't initiating the contact enough to get some of those calls or at least force the refs to make some of those calls. And so, so they were kind of getting bailed out a little bit. Uh, the Pelicans were. And then they come up, and they're just throwing their body into the Suns left and right, and they're getting all these calls. Now, I know some of these calls were absolute dog shit. They were. But at the same time, you got to play aggressive. And nobody can watch this game and say that the Pelicans were not the absolute aggressor tonight. Look, I, I'm not going to play this everything's rosy game here. It's not. This is not where you want to be. But there's adversity at in every, in most playoff runs, in most championship runs. They were down in the first round last year to a, to a much more talented team, I think you would argue, in the Lakers. But there's, all hope is not lost. You come out in game five and you play your game, you dictate the pace, you be the aggressor, and all of a sudden you're up 3-2, things feel a lot better. But tonight was worst-case scenario, 
worst worst we've seen them play in a very long time and they lost all composure and they're the veteran team in this series you can't have that happen and you know you got to come back to new orleans yeah it's and, guaranteed and, now. and the way that crowd was tonight you can't tell me they didn't have an effect on not only the refs but also the suns to a degree yeah and the suns fans have to step up on tuesday night yeah, and have that give that same advantage to these suns yes uh we have a super chat from manuel thank you for that i said ladies and gentlemen and suns fans alike i implore thee do not fret many a champion had their limits pushed in the first round 2010 lakers 2014 spurs both lost games by 20-plus points. Both won in six or seven. We good. Thank you, Manny. Appreciate it. <laughs> While I'm trying to lean into that side of thinking and feeling here, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm full-blown, like, doom and gloom. I no, don't no. think the series is lost by any means. I do fully have faith that the Suns can come back and win this, whether it's in six or seven. However, beyond this, I think that's where the concern is. And I know you're not allowed to get too far ahead of yourself. But I do, I'm just a little bit concerned with just what we've seen over the last four games. Like, it's just been really frustrating. And then if we're just going back to tonight alone, like that third quarter that you were talking about, like they ended the second quarter so well. They went into the locker room at halftime with all the momentum. I want to know what's happening in these locker rooms that is so drastically different that allows the Suns, regardless if they have the lead or not, at the break to come out and play the way that they do in third quarters throughout this series. I mean, the Pelicans started the third quarter on a 10-2 run. That's been the Suns all year, though. I know, yeah. but, like, what is it? Well, well again, like going back to your original point first, though, I, I'm not— I'm not going to say I'm not worried because now it's a three-game series and we didn't think we would get to this point. A lot, of, a lot of people thought it was going to be a sweep or five games, right? Now we're going to go to six no matter what. And you're playing with fire because you're one injury away from things going really, really, really bad for you, and I'm knocking on wood right now. You already like, had that one injury. Well, <laughs> well, if something else happens, you That's might be true. completely aft, okay? Yeah. And then on top of that, it's the way the Suns have played these last three and a half games that has me concerned. The Pelicans have largely outplayed them for three and a half games. They got lucky. The Suns got lucky with a couple spurts by Chris Paul to cement some games, which which was great. Outside of that, I mean, it's it's been the Brandon Ingram show for the most part. He's been unbelievable. He has been the best player in this series. That's not even a doubt. As of tonight. I would have argued going into tonight, Chris Paul was right there with him. Uh, you know, so the difference though is that Brandon Ingram is being relied on the entire game to carry fair. his team offensively. Chris Paul is just trying to get his team to the fourth quarter, and then he produces in the fourth quarter. That that that's perfectly fair. I think you're right, right there. You bring up the future series and being concerned about that. I think this may just be one of those awful matchups. Yeah, where these guys just happen to match up in every way that you wouldn't want a team to match up. Plus, their head coach knows every freaking secret you have because he was in the room for for the beginning part of this team coming together. So I I worry less about what it means for the future. I worry about getting through these next three games with two wins. That's concerning. Like people want to talk about the refs. Like you know, somebody somebody in the chat said, "Come on, Saul." Uh, Granville Jones says, "Come on, Saul." The refs gave the Pelicans every call from the jump ball to the score was out of hand. Okay, but the Suns were down by four 
and there was a lot of hustle plays and offensive rebounding that the Pelicans were just absolutely laying the wood to the Suns on that I, I just can't get past. Alvarado being a pest. Like all these small – Herb Jones making a big impact, blocking a lot of shots at the three-point line of all places. Like there's more to it than just the refs. Yeah, but I actually agree with the Girthlings in the chat because what happens is the refs make those bad calls. And it, you can't get anything. It snowballs mentally, and that helps the Pelicans get in your head because you know I'm going to drive the hoop. They're going to hit me. I ain't going to get a call, but the Pelicans are going to get that call, and it and that starts to get in your head, and that's how the Pelicans start to throw you off your game because the refs start it, and that and it just snowballs from there. But they got, I think the refs had a huge part. But in this they got game. through it in the first half. But and it wasn't the lead until going the third into quarter that it really no, no, got no, no, bad. No, 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 yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. People were pissed off about the refs in the first half. It got and the bad Suns, in the, and the third Suns quarter. Got past it. They it, got past it. Veteran teams find a way to get yeah, past until it. Until it gets and they got so bad in the worked. third. They got the third, absolutely worked. The third, the refs they were, were the worst, and the Pelicans they were still in. Dead. They were still in the game in the fourth quarter. They were down by four, and then gave up a twenty to two run. I get you it. can't sit there and tell me that the but refs were the only reason. No, I didn't the Suns say didn't even the only, execute at all. I didn't they say didn't the execute only at reason. all. Okay. Da didn't get the ball but three fucking times on reason. jump shots. I'm, like there were so many things that were wrong with the Suns. Monty got out coached. You led off the show by saying I that didn't it's say not it just the only reason. It's not just the refs. Led to what you. We're saying it's not just the, the refs. Okay, time out. Time out. <laughs> we are clearly a little heated in here, a little frustrated. The guys letting it all out as you should. I'm, let's just go one at a time because I, I feel like it's I still hard love to you, hear so. you guys. I love you too. I feel like that was maybe a little bit harder to hear. So what I'll do is I'll put a timer on my clock. Okay, I'm gonna legitimately time you guys. Okay, I'll give you forty seconds. Okay. 40 seconds. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Who gets to start? Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, ready? One, one two, two, three, three go. Ah! Okay, Saul gets to start. That's all. Up to 40 seconds. What are we you talking about? I already said everything I but needed to say. But nobody could hear you. <laughs> you guys were yelling over each other. Nobody could hear you. I can remember what I just said. Okay, cool. 40 seconds to talk about the officiating go. I understand that the refs were a big part of this game in terms of, you know, the, the calls. It was very one-sided. But at the same time, this is a veteran team. They should know how to get past these moments, and they didn't prove that. You wouldn't know it by watching this game who the veteran team was by the way they played. I got 20 seconds left. Execution from beginning to end on both ends of the court was sorely lacking, and to me, that's the reason why they lost. Espo, my guy, just said, Monty got outcoached. Well, Monty got outcoached for a reason. It's because his players didn't come through. They were wildly inaccurate all over the court outside of D.A., and that's another big problem. All right. Espo? 40 seconds on the top. You have 40 seconds. Go. I do not disagree with you. It's not just the refs, but what happens here is the refs start making bad calls. It starts to snowball, and it gets in a veteran team's head, which then allows the Pelicans to get into their heads as well. The offense couldn't operate because they knew every time they tried to go to the go to the rim or they got any kind of physical contact, they weren't going to get the call, and that starts getting at you. Now, Monty did get out, Coach, 
They did get out hustled, but I think it started with the refs planting that seed of doubt in their own head. 35 seconds. All right, we got a super chat from Taboo's Tidbits. Thank you so much. They said, we were 27th in free throws attempted during the regular season. We don't get a great whistle. We need to control the controllables and play more physical. Saul and Espo showing more fight than the Suns. Thank you for your super chat, Taboo. Appreciate you. My opinion on this is that I don't think the officiating was as bad in the first half as it was in the second half. But I do agree with Espo in the sense of the snowball, but more so snowball of momentum changes, right? If the Suns get on a little bit of a roll and all of a sudden we've got two, three whistles in a row against them, it shifts the momentum to the Pelican side. It creates more frustration for the Suns and it adds more fuel for the Pelicans. If the roles were switched, you would say the same things. Like, those whistles helped propel the Suns to get their momentum. And I think that's the biggest thing here in this second half is it just, like, deflated that team. And it's not entirely that by any means because we've also been talking about third-quarter Suns all season and just how they seem to come out and just not have any spirit or any fight in that third quarter. But I do think the refs owe part of this game or have some fault in this game as well. And the reason why, mostly, is because Monty also said that. And we all know Monty doesn't talk about officiating that often. Gerald Bourget, who hopefully will join us here shortly, spoke with Monty and tweeted out that Monty said, I'm going to say this, 42 to 15 in free throws. Said you can slice it any way you want, but in a playoff game that physical, that's hard to do. Also said the Pelicans flat flat out outplayed the Suns, but said they need to take a look at that disparity and that he, quote, shouldn't have to get in front of a mic and feel like I'm going to get my head chopped off. So, And he got a technical in this game. You know Monty Williams is pissed off when he combined those two things. There, there's obviously something a little bit more going he on. He probably said, gosh darn you, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Monty? <laughs> the other thing, too, is that, like, nobody on this, or not nobody, but... This team isn't as getting to the rim as often as I think the Pelicans are. And I think that's a big reason that you could point to at least proportions of the discrepancy between those two. There's, a, there's a couple themes that I've been saying all, all season long. And the main one to me is I said from the very beginning, if the Suns are going to win a championship, what needed to happen, Espo? What did I say from the very beginning of the season? That would require me listening. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. <laughs> D.A. had to be that third guy. Yes. D.A. had to be that third guy. And D.A.'s D.A. had a good night. He just didn't get enough of a good night. And we literally sat here watching three-point shot after three-point shot after three-point shot go up. Nothing. No action for D.A. D.A. not even touching the ball anymore on the uh, at the top of the key. They usually run the action around him. They, they stopped doing that completely. Campaign was throwing rocks in the ocean like... It was awful, awful, awful. And that's what I keep talking about when it comes to I understand the refs were a big part of this game. But in the fourth quarter, you were still there. You were still right there. And you just didn't execute at all. You didn't execute at all. And you just let these dudes run you out of the gym, and that was game. Like, they got to be better in this in these situations and actually run actions for players that are producing. And Monty, that's where he gets outcoached. So, D.A. shot 11 of 14. 
the rest of the team shot 45%. They, it was just, it, he was the only one making consistent shots. Uh, and him and JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee was perfect from the floor as well. The Sun center position is what's going to win them this series. But if you go away from it, you will lose. Because that's, that is the, that is the as weird as it sounds, the strength of the Suns right now is in the middle. And they need to take it to them like that. Well, especially when you consider that, what did we finish with as far as three-point shooting tonight? 26%. Okay. Not too, not as, wait. That's, oh, wait, this is a different one. Sorry. I was like, wait, hold yeah, on. That's a, a game against Sacramento, unfortunately. <laughs> that's a big difference, yeah. yes. 26%. Obviously better than Friday, but still, there were so many... Um, missed open shots. A lot of them were hardly contested, if contested at all. So if you're shooting like that, there's there's two sides of the coin. Yes, you want to try and shoot your way through it, but also, this is the playoffs. We have to win games. If you know going to your center position is going to win you that game, why are you not doing it? At some point, you have to accept you're not hitting that shot and go to what's working. I, I don't like the, oh, we got to shoot our way out of it. At some point, just... Go, you know what? It ain't working. And like you're saying, we got to do what it's going to take to win this game. They didn't do that tonight. They totally ignored what was working and just kept jacking threes. And that's not the way they're going to win this series unless they unless they start hitting those shots. They're not going to win this series. you got to win it through the center position. I'll also say this. Um, I'm off campaign right now. Uh, campaign's lost. He's completely lost. Aaron Holiday comes in in like in less than a minute he gets seven points you can see that he's agitated that he's not playing uh, I think he got a tech right there didn't he yeah he got he got a tech because he's probably like fuck this like why are these bums playing and I can't even get any run we're getting absolutely molly whopped out here hello Hello. Did you like, steal that from the Gerald Borgay? Can, can, I, can I get a little bit of run, please? And I know other people in the chat want to see Aaron Holiday, and I don't give a shit about this whole narrative that Aaron Holiday doesn't understand the plays yet or he hasn't had enough time to understand the nuances of the game. If you can ball and, the, and, the, and it's rocky out there, you need guys that are going to produce. Aaron Holiday will produce. I'm pretty sure the playbook doesn't say campaign should run down, jack it up, and miss by it three feet from the rim either. I don't care at this point. Campaign did one good thing tonight, and that was the dunk. That was it. Then he followed up with a turnover, an Mm -hmm. air ball, and a foul. Yep. I mean, the dunk was nice, though. So, (laughs) there's that. Uh, We have another super chat from Taboo's Tidbits. Says, do we think Kim Johnson found his shot in the second half after airballing, barely hitting the rim after his first two shots? I'd love to tell you, but they took him out. And they replaced him with campaign. And I still don't understand why. I get he was in foul trouble. But at the point you were at, foul trouble doesn't matter. You needed the offense. You needed a guy out there. Campaign wasn't the answer. I, I don't know. I don't know where Cam I, I'm. I mean, again, Willie Green's doing a very good job of putting guys in position to take away the Suns' strengths. You know, that's why guys like Torrey Craig aren't, aren't effective tonight. That's why the backdoor cuts aren't there. Like, they're doing a great job of of really forcing the Suns to shoot from the outside. And, and and through the season, the Suns, that if you if you had to say that there was a weak part to their game, the perimeter shooting was a weak part, right? And without Devin Booker, it's even more of a weak part. And like, it, I'm telling you, man, this is the reason why I did not want to play the Pels. Uh, is D-Book walking through that door? No. Nope. I think there's a chance. Okay. It'll be a week, a week since the injury. On Tuesday? I, I, 
there's a slim chance on Tuesday. There's a definite chance of their backs are against the wall going back to New Orleans on Thursday. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I wouldn't put it past him, though, if, if there's... If you can't win this series with Devin Booker and you have to force him to play in game six and possibly re-injure himself, you're absolutely sacrificing the future for the, for the short term. Even if you're facing elimination, you should be able to beat the Pelicans. We all believe that we can, we can beat the Pelicans before the series started without Dev, or after game one, or after game two, sorry, when Devin Booker got hurt. Why should that change now? I mean, I get panic mode, but, oh, man, that's the ultimate panic look, mode move if that happens. Look, you, you should be able to beat this team, but they're proving that they can't right now. They need something. They need something to jumpstart that offense, and they're not getting it from anybody on the bench. Maybe it is switching Aaron Holiday and campaign. Maybe that's the move in game five. But Monty needs to make adjustments and figure out something because this ain't working. Well, I guess we'll find out. Do you think it would be a disservice at this point in time or worth exploring? We talked about this in the pregame show, swapping Landry Shama and Cam Johnson in the starting unit. You, you can try. I mean, but but are we at that point? I mean, that seems like a, okay, I, I don't know. The, what does that change, though, fundamentally? It, I mean, it means, okay, Shamit's with those starters. He's not hitting. Cam was hitting kind of, I don't know. I don't. There's not an easy answer here, but you got to figure out some adjustments to make at this point. I didn't understand Cam Johnson starting in the first place. I thought Landry Shamit should have done that. That's what's happened in the past. I don't know why that changed now because you're in the playoffs. You think it had um, to do with size, right? I guess. Yeah, trying to match I win. guess, but that shit ain't working either. Like it's not it, mattering right now. It has worked in terms of rebounding. They've they've closed that rebounding gap each of the last two games since Cam started. I don't know if that was the thinking, but obviously that's not enough to help them win because tonight the rebounding gap was as low as it's been in this series, and it hasn't made a difference. Okay, so one thing that I do want to ask you guys about, and this is just me kind of complaining a little bit here. Um, no shade, but I am going to throw a little bit of shade. All throughout this game, in our comments, on Twitter, I have seen so many people be like, I don't want to see a single minute more of campaign. I don't want to see a single minute more of Landry Shaman. I don't want to see a single minute more of JaVale McGee, of Jay Crowder, of Tory Craig. Who else are we going to play then? Somebody even said Mikhail Bridges. <laughs> like, dude, we're talking about 40 minutes. half of our team here. You guys, like, what are, what are we doing then? But that's the Suns need to make a mid-tournament trade for it. for Steph Curry and Giannis and everything will be okay. Look, look, I don't understand the JaVale McGee hate either. The dude's been great offensively uh, this is this he entire gives up series. Points, and I get that. But at least everybody's giving up points. points. <laughs> at least his his flaws are being outweighed by his contributions <laughs> to an extent. Everybody's giving up points. Nobody's stopping the Pelicans, especially in this game. I don't know. All right, let's take a quick break and let's name our draft king king of the game. We're going to give it to the referees tonight because we already went into this one, so we won't hash it out too much. 28 uh, fouls against the Suns, 16 against the Pelicans. 42 to 17 free throw. Yeah, pretty big issue. Um, 
NBA playoffs should mean next level basketball. <laughs> Not here. But you can get in on the action <laughs> with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. Hope you didn't do it on the Suns. You win no matter what. Uh, plus, place a same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if one leg does not hit this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. Do you have, do you have something? I, Saul, you're the, the basketball X and O of mine <laughs> at the table. <laughs> Just going to put this on you because you played high school ball. Uh I played in college too, well, buddy. Very, very briefly before <laughs> okay. the injury took you out. Right? So, several years. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. But defensively, is Willie Green doing something that, that you feel is is affecting, in particular, these three point shots, or is this just the Suns have had the worst dry spell we've seen this season at the least optimal time? Well, I think first of all, length is a problem. Uh, I mean, listen, the the Pelicans have the ability to switch no matter what, unless Valanciunas is out there. They, they just drive right by him. But, yeah, I think the Suns have sped themselves up. When I watch Cam Johnson, it, it, like when he makes, he's settled, he's smooth with his shot. When he misses, I can tell he's, he's sped his process up a little bit. Landry Shamit, I feel like, has been sped up all season long. Yeah. I've... Every time Landry Shamit takes a shot, I never feel like it's going in because it's flat, it doesn't have enough high arc, and it seems so rushed, so fast. It's like a, it's, it's a line drive, you know what I mean? And I, I just – and everybody else, honestly, they're just not the best three-point shooters. Like, yeah. they just aren't. Mikhail Bridges is, is a serviceable three-point shooter, but even he got a shot block tonight. Chris Paul, not the greatest three-point shooter. I think he had one of the worst three-point shooting seasons of his career this year. You know, like, you go down the line, it's just – it's not the greatest three-point shooting team in the NBA, and the Pelicans are forcing the Suns to try and shoot from the perimeter to stay in – you know, to stay in the lead, and it's, it's working out to their advantage to a degree. And you've lost the gravity that is Devin Booker. Which impacts their ability to close out on you in defense too, right? All right. Do you guys want to talk a little, talk a little shit? (laughs) Have we not been doing that all? Oh, I guess. What about the Pelicans? Less less about the Suns, more about the Pelicans. Yeah, I I thought we were talking about the shit we had to watch. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. No, I want to trash talk the Pelicans a little bit because Mike V Hill shared this highlight from uh, tonight's game and. What it is, is Herb Jones shoving Chris Paul, and pretty aggressively. And, of course, there was no foul called on this play. Um, And here's the deal. I said after game one, I'd give Herb the benefit of the doubt because he obviously caught DA with a shoulder to the jaw, right? I said, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. If he's a dirty player, he'll do it again during this series, and then he'll prove me right or wrong one way or the other. Well, now with all this new information, I think I've changed my mind 
And I feel like that was intentional now, or at least at the very least, it could have been intentional. How is that play any different than what Jackson Hayes I was just did, to, say that, yeah. did to Jay Crowder? It's Great the question. same exact play. Different ends of the court, but same exact play, almost a carbon copy. I don't get how that's not a flagrant two. Uh, again, going back to your point, bring in Bismack. Bring in, bring in Ish, Ish Wainwright. Wainwright. Bring in somebody to lay the boom on some of these dudes because, hey, the, the Pels are playing. They're, they're playing dirty. They're playing scrappy. And they're playing physical. And they're getting away with it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm just a little bit disappointed in how how not even just physical but kind of dirty oh. this series has been now because 100%. every single game except for game 2 at least that I can think of off the top of my head a Pelicans player has gone out of their way to either try to injure a Suns player or at the very least just like a dirty play. Well, and people right? yeah, and people are trying to say, "Oh, CP3 doing that. Can we show what was called a flagrant one on CP3? Because when you compare this to what what we just watched from Herb Jones, I don't see it as bad. He, If you watch it... it I mean, at like, least there was a ball in that yeah, play. and he was going for it. Granted, oh, they say, oh, he hits him in the face. Fine. Call that a flagrant one. But if that's a flagrant one, what happened to him is a flagrant two. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I don't... I don't get it, but if if the Pelicans are going to be the aggressor, the Suns need to be the aggressor at home. They need to make it very clear, we won't be pushed around, and if you want to fight, we'll fight. We'll go at it. We're going to go toe-to-toe, but tonight, they packed it in. They they stopped fighting. They they just shied away from it. I don't know if this is true or not, but earlier in the, in the comments, somebody had said um, that Cam Johnson... Um, uh, right there, just uh, Splash God says, Cam Johnson just admitted that the Suns can't deal with their physicality, which I don't know if that's true or not. We're, we'll probably find out from Gerald here in a few minutes. But um, I, I listen, there has been plenty of uh, chances or there's been plenty of games in the NBA where teams get out physical. They yeah. just do. And they have to bounce back. Otherwise, they're going to go home. Tonight was one of those games where the Suns got their ass whooped. Okay. They're going to rebound. They'll come back home, and hopefully they lay the wood on the Pelicans and, and and beat their ass so bad that when they go back to New Orleans, they know they don't have a chance to win this series. Well, I just looked on Gerald's Twitter. He didn't say anything about Cam Johnson, but he did say that Chris Paul um, said on the physicality of this series that it's, quote, like the old NBA, ain't it? End quote. So. Yeah, on one end of the course. On one it's the definitely yeah. a little for bit sure. spicy, that's for sure. All I know is I just don't want any more injuries. Um, on uh, honestly, on any side, like I just don't like injuries at all. Of course, I'm more biased to the Suns, and that's my main concern. But in general, you don't want injuries, especially during this time of the year. Yeah, look, the Suns can deal with the physicality. Yeah, they didn't tonight. Yeah. All right. Next thing I want to ask you guys about: we got another F insert player name here, chant out of the Pelicans crowd tonight. This yeah. one was directed towards yeah. Jay Crowder. My question is, do you support chants that are in that nature? 
Or do you think they need to be more PG? <laughs> Look, I got called worse <laughs> when I was playing basketball, so I don't care. Yeah, I'm but like a care. whole arena chant or from like oh. players? Oh, it's from like, a, like, a, like a student section. Okay. You're kidding? I'd love that. Because look, that means you've you've gotten yeah. into their head, and that's what you pay Jay Crowder to do. Yeah, you pay him to be that guy. Like, you think so, the Suns like going on the road because they get sunshine and roses everywhere they go? <laughs> no, they get cussed at. They get they get called names, and they thrive on it. And tonight, it just didn't work out. <laughs> I know. I'm just curious. Like, if, when we come back here, right on Tuesday, do we want F insert? F Herb Jones. Just say it. Or Lynn. whoever. No, Just I'm say not. It. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, give the people I'm what they want. I'm fine with it if something happens. I'm trying to keep this family friendly, Saul. So. <laughs> I'm fine with it if something happens that it's warranted. Okay. Right? And they and Jay was, was in their grill early in this game. I'm fine with it. Now, if you just randomly do it like they did to Chris Paul in the fourth the other night because he was playing well, eh, yeah. but when, when you when you do something to warrant it, I have no problem with that if you're if you're that frustrated, go ahead. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break because I want to tell you about one of our newest partners, OG's Brands. Stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG's. They just announced their new mini OG's 3-milligram microdose options for those who are not wanting to dive right into the regular 10 milligrams. These will be available on May 3rd, and they've got amazing flavors like orange creamsicle, tropical, and watermelon. If you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z Brands to find OG's near you. Are you guys ready for some screenshots? Sure. All right. It's time for some screenshots presented by Arizona Department of Health Services. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone 5 and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov for a location near you. Who wants to start? Saul? Espo? Uh, I What's your start. screenshot? I, I, who actually, Saul, you should go first, and then we should go to mine. They sure. work together. Sure. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Uh, yeah, my screenshot is Alvarado's a problem from Love Always on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was a problem tonight. Uh, you know, he was a little f- more physical. He was... You know, the thing that I, I, I saw the most was when Chris Paul didn't have the ball, he was still like just, you know, every step he took, he was right in front of him the whole time. And he was a, he was a nuisance. He was an absolute nuisance. He probably got away with a couple calls or a couple fouls that should have been called, but he got away with them. And, and he was all, and you know, what's so funny is, is um, I forgot who it was, um, was about to go at Alvarado. And Chris Paul literally was like, man, don't worry about that. Like, so I don't know if Chris Paul was necessarily rattled, but he did. It was a it was an issue to deal with. And we saw that with the eight second call. Um, And they tried to get the ball out of Chris Paul's hands to avoid those kind of things. And Chris Paul got close uh, several times to those to those eight second calls. And he finally got called on one. We can go to mine, which ties in with uh, this as well. My screenshot uh, was a reply I had said. On Twitter, which I I had said on last game show that Alvarado looks like a rejected character from Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, one of the people, one of my followers on Twitter said, "My wife actually said he looks like the Dr Pepper guy," 
and uh, the the little tiny Dr. Pepper guy with the high pitched voice, and they uh, included a photo, and now I can't unsee that. <laughs> Alvarado looks like the Dr. Pepper guy. So. When you said Dr. Sweet Pepper one. guy, I was like, yeah. I'm so confused <laughs> as to what you're saying, but now I get it. Now yeah. I get it. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> little, little sweetness, uh, rude boy in the chat said is, is his name. So. Little sweetness. All right, just uh, one more time a reminder that COVID 19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov for a location near you. I will say this. This is Chris Ball, right? If you're worried about where the stunts are going to be and what's going to happen, like, just listen to this quote from Chris Paul, and it kind of just calms you down, right? On Jose Alvarado, they asked him, he said, quote, he's a good kid, man. He plays hard. He's a good energy guy. (laughs) That's it. Like... To me, that tells me that Chris Paul's not necessarily worried about a guy like Chris Alvarado. He's seen guys like Chris Alvarado a million times in his career. He knows how to handle it. Maybe tonight he didn't handle it the best, but he he knows moving forward how to get around that, and I'm sure they'll have a plan next time. I missed one other one. We don't have a picture, but I just saw this, and I missed it earlier. Apparently, at the end of the game, New Orleans fans were chanting, Pels and Six. I officially feel better about this series. <laughs> the basketball gods do not reward you well when you start a chant like that. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. I have a few things that I want to ask you. We're going to play a little game of something, nothing, or everything. First and foremost, let's take a look at this tweet that happened to come across Twitter with some information about Chris Paul's left hand. So, um... Olhe Kossel, sure. I think that's how you pronounce it. Olé, apologies Olé, apologies Olé, if I said it wrong. Uh, one thing to keep an eye on, Chris Paul didn't look very comfortable warming up out of halftime. He kept on flexing his left hand after every shot. Sun's training staff played around with his hand in the midst of all that. CP3 did attempt only three field goals in the first half. And then we also had a comment from Long John Silvers in the chat that said at halftime, he had to see the team doctor to look at his okay. wrist. But is, is all, something, nothing, or everything? Is this all emanating from this one tweet? Because I, I don't know this gentleman. I, I, I don't know where this information is coming from. I, everything I can see from post-game comments is there's nothing that's been said about it. So I think it's nothing right now. But if Gerald comes on and says, oh, yeah, they said something that we just it just hasn't come through on social, I reserve the right to say it's something <laughs> at that point. Okay. Saul, what are you thinking? Uh, it's nothing. I mean, it's the playoffs. You're going to get banged up. Mm-hmm. People are going to get hurt. It's his left hand, so it's not a shooting hand. Um, yeah, you get through it. I'm going to say, if it is true, I'm going to say it's something. Because... Even though it's not a shooting hand, it's still, he dribbles with that hand. You know what I mean? And granted, yes, he did play with basically one arm last year and was able to get through that. But I'm going to say it's something. But on the lower side of something. Cool. So next up, something. Uh, well, Gerald's here. You well, don't well, want to go to Gerald. No, I didn't let's see that Gerald was here. Gerald can wait a second. What's the next one? <laughs> I only have one more for you. All it's right. Fine. Let's just get He's to He's got to write a story. Gerald okay. can answer this question. Okay. Bring Gerald in and we'll just say hello to him in a second. Um, all right, Gerald, we're playing a game. You join in. Something, nothing, or everything. DeAndre Eaton shot chart this evening or just the differences the between quarter. the first That's half the fourth quarter. and the, yeah, the second. It's everything. If you do not get the ball to DeAndre Eaton, when it matters, you are failing as a team. 
And tonight they failed in the fourth quarter by not getting him enough touches and not getting him involved. Gerald? I mean, I'm, I'm going to say nothing. I, I mean, that's not the reason that they lost that game and got blown out in the fourth. Like, they, they, it was the fouling. It was the lack of defensive stops. It was just being out tough. Um, I hear an echo in there. What do you think, Saul? I, I couldn't hear anything Gerald said. So, But do you think it's something, nothing, or everything? Um, I think it's something. You know, the Suns are struggling to find shots, and they, they didn't really run any action for DA. I'd like to see him get a few more shots. That's all I'm asking, you know, instead of a bunch of uh, long-range bombs from campaign. I'd rather avoid that. All right, Gerald. Well, welcome into the show officially. <laughs> Thank you for uh, checking in with us. You got to talk with Monty and a few of the players uh, let's start with Monty. What did he say about this one? Yeah, I, I think the first main takeaway was obviously that the Pelicans just outplayed the Suns. They out-toughed them. Um, and, it, and it was it was very uncharacteristic, but we've said that a couple of times in this series now where the Pelicans have just sort of been the aggressors in that regard. Um, Monty, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, they all said that they, you know, they played hard, but the Pelicans just played harder than them. Um, and Monty obviously also pointed out the free throw disparity, 42 to 15. Um, he said, you know, in a game this physical, you know, that's really hard to do to have that kind of disparity, especially with how often they're getting shots in the paint. You know, they still outscore the Pelicans, I think, 56 to 54 in points in the paint. And that free throw disparity is huge. He said, I shouldn't have to get up in front of a mic to bring this up and feel like I'm going to get my head cut off. Um, so he's, he's not happy. That's about as agitated as I've seen him with the officiating. Gerald, we, we saw some reports on, uh, Twitter reports uh, about Chris Paul having an injured left wrist that the training staff had to look at, uh, while he was warming up after halftime. Did you guys hear anything about that or any indication that Chris Paul may be yelling? No, we, we didn't hear anything about that. And, he didn't bring it up in his post-game presser at all. Um, you know, obviously we didn't ask about it, but it's not, I wouldn't be, he seemed fine. Um, and he seemed in a strangely optimistic mood despite how that game went. So I wouldn't read into that very much. Well, that's good to know. Um, hopefully that remains to be everything that we get from that and just say it was a weird quote-unquote report from Twitter, and it is nothing. Gerald, I got a question for you. Um, you know, uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times. There's a fucking problem. Um, and uh, are you at all concerned now about these uh, New Orleans Pelicans and and how they've played so far in this series? I One could argue that they've um, outplayed the Suns uh, for a majority of the quarters in this series um you know what, what's your take on that uh you know i mean you should obviously be a little more concerned than we were the other day because now it's an even series it's a best of three and devin booker's still not back um you know we've seen this pelicans way this pelicans team find a way to win games despite the three-point shooting you know they haven't had a three-point shooting night like they did in that game to win they still found a way to win tonight despite not shooting the three ball well themselves either uh, we keep saying that the lid is going to open and that, you know, we're heading for a downpour with the Suns threes. But if they keep missing like this, we have ourselves a series now. Like, I, I feel like this team 
the Suns team is used to beating everybody. They're used to being the more experienced team or the more resilient team. This Pelicans team has nothing to lose, and the Suns need to get with the program in that regard. This was a very embarrassing performance tonight. I'm just going to say that because there's no – even without Devin Booker, this team is better than what they're showing. They're not shooting the ball well. They're not defending well. They're fouling too much. And, yeah, we can talk about the free throw disparity and whatnot, but they're just getting out tough right now. And they need to, you know, every game before the game, they have their, you know, their little pregame stuff that they do. And it's fun. And they talk about how they're the best team in the world. That's what JaVale McGee always says. Now you need to come out and play like it because this is not the best team in the world right now. All right, Gerald, I would like to know your thoughts on campaign Aaron Holiday kind of situation. We've had a lot of conversation and a lot of people in the chat have been um, sharing their thoughts with us as well. Do you think that we need to see more Aaron Holiday minutes over the next handful of games instead of more campaign minutes? I I think you need to read and react in game five and see how that's going. I I think it's definitely on the table now because campaign has been awful in this series for the most part. I don't think he's made a three-pointer yet in this series. You know, we, we talked a lot about Jay not making one until I think his 16th attempt or something like that. Uh, but campaign has just completely disappeared. So at this point, you need to try something like the Suns are, are good at sticking with what works and, and they believe in their system and their players and whatnot. And it's gotten them this far. But at the same time, like in a playoff series, the leash has to be a lot shorter and you have to be willing to adapt um, and I'd actually asked Monty about, you know, how do you weigh regular season results and your pregame preparation and what you want to do, what's worked for you with making on the fly adjustments. Um, and he said, you know, we watch the film and we kind of we make adjustments on the fly during games all the time. But this might be a situation where you have to at least consider giving Aaron Holiday some minutes. How much further down the bench, sorry guys, how much further down the bench would you go beyond Aaron Holiday? Would you look at Ish Wainwright or Bismack Biombo seeing more time out there as well? Alfred Payton? Stop it. <laughs> um, I would I would possibly look at Biz in, the, I mean, JaVale McGee was very efficient tonight on the offensive end. I think he was 7 for 7, had 14 points, and their bench needed it badly. But at the same time, he gave up a lot on the other end. Um, and they were targeting him a lot and picking rolls. So I think maybe a more mobile big like Biz in a couple of minutes here and there might be a good thing, especially if they go at JaVale the way that they did tonight. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd go ish yet. I, I feel like Torrey Craig has been pretty bad in this series as well. Brandon Ingram was cooking him for that stretch in the third quarter there. But I don't realistically know if Ish Wainwright would have done that much better. Maybe if Torrey Craig is bad again, just like campaign in game five, you consider throwing some minutes Ish's way. But, you know, this is this is on the starters more than anything. They need to play more minutes and they need to produce more when they're out there. I know Mikhail Bridges has his handful with CJ McCollum and he's done a really good job defensively, but they need a little bit more out of him on offense. They definitely need more than what they got out of Chris Paul tonight. Um, they just need to be better. They need to play like the team that we've been watching all season long. Gerald, another internet report I need you to address. <laughs> Is that a medium shirt you're wearing tonight? Smirdium. Smedium with the girth. <laughs> I, I have no comment on that. No, no. I think that's the appropriate way to go with that one. I see the Suns no aren't the only ones taking else tonight there, Espo. <laughs> <laughs> 
my I love you, Gerald. Come back safely. I'm just joking. And don't beat me up when you come back. <laughs> Gerald, is there anything else that stood out to you from talking with Monty and the players tonight that you'd like to share with the group? Yeah, I, I think the two things are, you know, with the three-point shooting, they still have the, the faith and the belief that we've got to keep letting them fly and eventually they're going to start dropping just because of the law of averages. Um, but they do need to take more three-pointers. They only had 27 tonight, and a lot of those came in garbage time down the stretch. They need to find a way to generate more threes. And the other thing is, as bad as this feels right now, being tied 2-2 and heading back home, it still is a best-of-three series with the Suns having home-court advantage. I know it feels like the Pelicans have outplayed them in this series, and there are a plus 12 on the scoreboard overall. But it's mostly from the third quarters. Like they've got to find a way to cut down on those fourth on those third quarter runs that the Pelicans start every second half with. Um, and you know, it's 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 game on now. And this is where the Suns have typically been good over the last two years. Now we're really going to see what this team is made of. And also, hurry back, Devin Booker, because good lord, can you imagine what happens if if they drop Game Five at home? No. Okay, Thanks, I don't want to see that one. <laughs> so on that positive note. Yeah, we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, Gerald. We appreciate you, of course, as always. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Tell all the Swamp people I wait. said hi. Well, enjoy your fan boats, you, went you losers. You went and got beignets. Report, report. What did. What'd you think? They were delicious. I do like Cafe du Monde. I'm, I need to, that's the only beignets I've ever had in my life, so I need to try more, though, so I have something to compare it to. So not overrated. No, they were really good. <laughs> Suck it, Lindsay. Yep, Whatever, there you I'll go. take that out. <laughs> Whatever. At least I brought it up for you guys. I gave them the opportunity to tell the truth. All right. Bye, Gerald. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice to hear the echo of yes. Sucky Lindsay in the background. Good job, Espo. Uh, just a quick reminder, Gerald will be writing articles over at gophnx.com following tonight's game. They'll probably be up either later this evening or tomorrow morning. So if you're not a member yet, be sure to become one today. Again, gophnx.com. And depending on what op option you choose, you can get a shirt from our locker room absolutely free. Do you guys want to round out the show with a producer surprise? I feel like oh, we need a little something, bit of something. Yes, something to pick this up, Something please. fun. All Shane, right. please help. Before we start, I did just want to apologize to everybody watching tonight that got to see my face on camera. I actually thought that was really funny. I have no idea how that happened. I literally didn't touch <laughs> uh -huh. anything. It sure. just decided to look at me. <laughs> anyway, um, so free, or refereeing is a big part of the discussion tonight. Okay. So I was wondering if you guys could referee any normal life situation if that that something you do every day what would you have officiating in like mine would be like eating at a restaurant like if somebody starts eating too fast i want them to get just a timeout, relax a little bit maybe a technical here and there but in everyday life what would you like to see officiating? am i officiating or are we having actual no, officials in there this? are actual okay. officials there um oh, I wait like you're to... not officiating no you're the one who's doing the action yeah uh... i i would like to officiate a first date I think that'd be fun. You know, like, ooh, that's a technical. You should not have not opened her door or something like that. I right? think you misunderstood the assignment that I just I? asked for clarification on, or did I? No, he's asking any situation. We're not we're not refereeing it. You want referees 
in said situation. And, oh, and, and, but Saul's answer but is also correct. But that still works, he can right? Also, he can also, you, oh. your answer can also be, I will officiate no. something. Here it oh, is. Okay, okay. Any argument with my wife. I was going to go the same way. <laughs> yep. But then I realized I very well may have a discrepancy like the sons had tonight. And no, I don't want to know no. that. I, I, am, in the chat I, am, as well. I am thoroughly convinced that I win most of my arguments against my wife. But somehow I have a losing record. I don't understand well, this. It's complete I bullshit. Totally I would like to have a referee there. I, I, I totally do. understand. You guys always think you win, but you never do. I do understand it. And I would have L's with officiating. Probably even worse. <laughs> Because my wife is kind enough to let me win every once in a while. <laughs> so I think the refs would probably screw me even L- worse. Listen, Espo's only saying that because his wife is literally watching Not the true. show right now. My wife doesn't watch the show, so I can tell you guys the truth, <laughs> what really happens. I only speak the truth when it comes to that. Uh, if, if I could have officiating, I think it would be on this show. <laughs> I would like to know... Who actually wins some of our dumb arguments? I'd like to know if uh, you know if animals are insects. All these things. I need a true referee. We and know a challenge. the answer. Yeah, that you is. You shut up, Shane. <laughs> it's literally science. I, like, it's, it's true. I want a challenge flag on this show. Like uh, okay. the whole thing. That's a good one. Maybe we hire refs in studio uh, for Tuesday's show. I really like Saul's first one of like. Could you watch it if you? Think about it as like a, a reality show. Like we're all into dating shows, or at least a good amount of the population okay. is. The ultimatum. If there was, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard really good oh, things God. about it. Well, frustrating things, I guess. Anyway, if you if there was a dating show with an official on all of these dates, like that would be kind of funny. That would be kind of funny. I'd actually like color commentary for the dates instead of an official. Or you could that do all three. Oh, you so could have play-by-play, oh, play, color, and, a, and an if official. If you could have color commentary just for, like, everyday things, that'd be so fantastic. It, isn't that what we provide when we watch these dating shows, though? Because I'm watching the ultimatum with the missus, and I'm sitting there yelling, why the hell are we doing this to people? <laughs> why would you do that? How does this make sense? Don't go back with that guy. Like, I'm adding the color commentary already to it. It's true. Um, I actually really liked the... The suggestion we had in the chat, where did it go? So says Jay, we need to officiate Twitter. Oh. I feel like it would be kind of oh, nice man. if you had like an official, you know how you like NBA officials and it's verified if it was like Twitter officials and it's verified yep. and they get to come in and be like, you are being irrational right now. Yep. Stop it. Yeah. Penalty you get, box. You get technical. Yeah. You need to go to timeout. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, what we need I to do. I feel like we kind of had that, have that already. Because there's I, some crazy people on Twitter that I, have been banned for a little bit. I think you should get fined. I mean, Ooh, that's aggressive. That's a little aggressive. Yeah, it's going to stop. You hit him in the, hit him in the pocketbook. Those <laughs> eggs talking crap to people are going to stop real quick. Well, the quick. eggs, yes. Well, then but half, I mean, the, half the chat would have fined me for saying the ref, the refs weren't the only part of this game. <laughs> it can be opinion-based. It can be opinion-based. I would owe like $200 right now. <laughs> Thanks, chat. Shane, what would yours be? Um, another thing I thought of was driving. I know like the like cops are basically officials for driving, but like literal cop like uh, referees. I don't know where they would be stationed. Maybe they're in their own cars, like <laughs> sticking out, sticking a head out of the sunroof. But I, th- I just whistles in more situations. That's what I want. I want whi- I want whistles in everyday life. 
<laughs> I don't a, know about that. That sounds like a kink for Shane. I want whistles. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, my fucking God. Uh, God. Long John Silver's in the chat said that would suck. NBA refs suck. I'm not talking about the NBA refs being the officials for Twitter. They're going to have their own separate group of people who are maybe better. <laughs> Now I want NBA officials to be officials <laughs> for all these things, so we can just get irrationally pissed off at every oh, yeah. last. Or just oh yeah, you get you get you know like you have the fight right, you have the argument with your wife or whatever or significant other, and Scott Foster's just having a bad day. <laughs> as soon as you walk through the door, you're already taking a tea. You're like, you're out. All I did was just walk in the room. Yeah, He's but, like, you, but your face said it all. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> tea right there. What, Chris Paul? What? What? Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Saul. Oh my god, that's fantastic! I'm gonna have to think about this more because I feel like we're forgetting some really good options. Yeah. So you just gave me shivers saying Scott Foster. If he shows up on the officiating yep. crew on yep. Tuesday, be ready. I'm gonna throw something. Be ready. Hi, Vey. I don't want to see all that. All your fears will come true. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. All right. So what we're gonna wrap up with now is now that we've spent an hour venting. Mm-hmm complaining putting it all out there on the table how are you feeling now we'll be fine we'll be fine i'm concerned but we'll be fine okay. uh, since it'll be at home i feel much better the crowd should help this team carry through and look this was the first really bad game they've played uh in this series i mean they've been off but this was really bad Every time we've seen them play really bad this season, they tend to bounce back very effectively. Hopefully that trend continues. Jake Oberhand in the chat has a has kind of an interesting thing. And as well, you and I kind of talked a little bit about this. When Paul has when Chris Paul has one day in between these games, he just looks exhausted. He <laughs> he didn't look like he had the juice tonight. Yep. Um, you know, and you could probably argue outside of that little stretch in the fourth quarter, he didn't look like he had much juice in the last game. Like, I'm hoping we're not seeing something that that may or may not be there. I'm not going to say it's happening, but it's just it's concerning a little bit because he, he doesn't have that same bounce that we that we love, right? So well, he's close to our age. You got to keep that. That's in mind. what I'm. I feel like <laughs> shit. So I'm like, how is my guy, the vegan, making it through this? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's ten thirty at night, and I'm exhausted. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think you can rely on Chris Paul to be like the hero of the series. You have to be able to tap in to other players on this team to step up. It can't just be Chris Paul doing Chris Paul things in the fourth quarter every single game, and that's the only way we're going to win games. Because he is too, he's 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 too seasoned. He's leveled up too high. Well, and and this is why you need Devin Booker. This is why Devin Booker should have been a legitimate MVP candidate and shouldn't have been dismissed because they had Chris Paul on this roster. Devin Booker makes everybody look better. Mm-hmm. Does so many things. Also, can we please stop with the? They are saying there's a Chris Paul hand injury. They is some random guy. Until there's a legitimate report, let's not act as if Chris Paul's hurt. Also, it's his left hand, okay, not his shooting hand. Uh, Joel Embiid is playing with a torn ligament in his right thumb on his shooting hand. Everybody's going to get injured, suck it up, and get through it. That's just how it is right now. All right. With that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. You can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul 
at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. We'll be back on Tuesday with a pregame preview and of course a postgame as well. Espo, take us home. The suns will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that Tuesday. Ahoy, ahoy. There'll be suns. <laughs>